What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Leadership Locker. As our Touch Base Tuesday continues, Eliza and I are here. Say hi, Eliza. What's up? We are here to record some content. And I think today we are going to talk about, did we decide what we're going to talk about? Nope, we sure didn't. Let's talk about the approachable side of professionalism. I, yeah. I, I like that one a lot. But yep. first, uh, we are sponsored. This episode is sponsored by Vargas Andrews. They are an EOS implementation company with a lot of deep areas of expertise, uh, high investment background, high VC background, EOS implementation, like I mentioned, but experts, veteran-led, and then uh, Microsoft Teams, which appears to be getting more popular. I know they use it all the way in the NBA finals, and I know my wife uses it with her nonprofit. So definitely, definitely check them out uh, to kind of get your processes streamlined, ready to go, and to just take your business to the next level. Now, look, these guys don't mess around. So they are, I would say they're not startup material unless you're probably very well funded in the millions along those lines. But definitely check them out, vargasandrews.com. So let's talk about the approachable side of professionalism. Uh, I think this is something you and I talk about a lot. This is something we try to encourage with our people a lot. But tell me the first uh, kind of inclination you think about people, especially on a platform like LinkedIn, in terms of their professionalism and <laughs> if it's, does it fit? Well, first of all, let's go back a little bit. I don't look at people that way. I think people have assumptions about LinkedIn. So I am regurgitating feedback that I've gotten from others on mm -hmm. LinkedIn. So the impression generally is that LinkedIn is full of people who are so elevated in their expertise. It's intimidating yeah. to, you know, crack that like glass wall, so to speak, of how do I talk to someone who, like we just talked about Vargas Andrews, like mm -hmm. how would I approach someone who's a VC or an investor or who's really, really experienced in business or who's been around the block and paid their dues to get past like the stupid questions. Yep. If I don't know anything or if I'm just starting out and I'm going from one career to another or military to civilian or, you know, one phase of life to another, how do I start that conversation? It's really hard sometimes to define what the string on the, str the sweater is to pull. Well, and it is not on the onus of the person who should be seeking advice, is in my opinion, which is what I think we're trying to say. I know that's what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Do you yeah. create an atmosphere, a presence, an authority who is educational that is inviting to someone to want to DM or is it strictly based off your resume and all the fucking padded bullshit stats you put in your about info and I took this company from this to this and all that other stuff. Like all that's good and that makes me aspire to be there, but that doesn't mean I'm going to have a good conversation with you or that you're actually open to it. I think it's a both-end conversation. It's just like you and I having this conversation now, right? It's like give and take. There's stuff where I'm pushing out a statement, but I'm also asking questions. Same for you. Yes. So I think when it comes to like a LinkedIn strategy or even just being a highly elevated or experienced professional, are you asking questions of people like, does that answer your question? Mm. Is there anything else that's missing? And sometimes people don't know the right question to ask. Yes. So are you giving them enough threads to start pulling from to formulate the questions? So it's two sides of one coin. Well, I mean, this is why intentionality on the platforms me means everything because you're you're saying like, are you putting any feelers out there for people who want to be educated from the experiences and you know what you have to offer maybe maybe are you just talking to people i would also say there's an element of when you are an experienced professional we have the responsibility and i'm throwing myself in that because i've been working for 20 plus years 
we have the responsibility to take our expertise and be able to put handles on it for people to also grab onto. Mm -hmm. That is our responsibility. If I speak or present information in such a way that anybody who comes into my sphere at the most experienced to the least experienced excludes a certain market from being able to talk to me, I don't want to do that. That's not my personal value. Now, maybe for some portion of the market, they don't want to waste their time with a newbie. That's okay, as long as that's your particular value. I think there is a small percentage of space for that. It's not my value. It's certainly not our value. No. You know, because I think the more that you can describe the pathway or build it out for someone to be able to at least be able to say, oh, I can put my foot on that stepping stone, that helps people. And I mean, for me, that is a value. I want to be providing value in such a way that people can understand, okay, I get what a PNL sheet is, or I get okay, yes, cash flow is important, or I get why these things are important. I hadn't thought about that, mm-hmm. or the cost of my goods, or things like that. Those are very normal professional terms that not every newbie starts with. Correct. So I think it's we have the responsibility to build those things out. So let's not role play, but let's just be hypothetical here. I have vast marketing knowledge. I am just a guru in the space. What are the things I, I'm doing currently that make me unapproachable? And then let's talk about what are things that make me approachable. Yeah, I think the usage of shorthand or acronyms that are really just germane to the space that you're in, that is very exclusive. Yeah, And I think it, you know, I remember I worked for an organization as a contractor and you know, different acronyms mean different things to different people. And they kept on using this one acronym that was very unique to them. And in my head, I'm thinking, that can't be right. And I had asked multiple times, I'm like, are you sure that that's the right term? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not grasping. And so finally, someone was just like, no, this is what that means. And it took forever to really break down that barrier. And I asked, but multiple people were like, I don't really even understand what that term means. Mm-hmm. They didn't even have an understanding of what it meant. So I think maybe that's not the best example, but I think use of acronyms or shorthand, I know certainly in marketing, there's different tactics and ROI and all these different elements that people use these acronyms for that the average person, if you're not traditionally educated in marketing or haven't been exposed to that field at a corporatized or professional level, that's really hard to wrap your mind around. Some people, I think, you know, there are a lot of them in our space that have really great marketing instincts, but they probably couldn't define what the tactic is in a professional sense. So I think, how do you help people express those instincts in a truly impactful way without, you know, limiting their ability? Yeah, that was one that makes you less approachable. I want to, we could just kind of play tennis for a second. I'll, yeah. I'll do one that makes you approachable. In my opinion, I think one thing that makes you approachable, especially if you have substantial knowledge or if you have a lot of social proof wherever you are, is recounting moments where you didn't know shit. Yeah. Uh, just being like, I remember the first time I made an ad, I think our company spent $10,000 and we got, you know, 500 impressions. Here's what I learned from that. Like, bring it back to where you didn't know anything. I always, like, I used to get so frustrated with some pilots who were, you know, when I was flying, who were not able to really kind of convey to me the answers to my questions. Like, it's like they were just kind of stuck in this, like, I'm a fucking badass and here I am a junior pilot. And there was a couple that were like, dude, I used to do that all the time. Here's what you do. And I will never forget them for that because they were able to break it down and and just kind of position it in a way that was digestible for me. And it also reminded me that they were human. And I used to say to some of the people that I wasn't so fond of, I was like, you did not come out of the womb, this 
badass pilot. Like you, you were a baby at some point and you had to learn just like I did. And I think like that, especially for organizational cultures on LinkedIn who potentially have a reputation for having a lot of turnover or whatever, is that kind of like eating your own mentality? It's like, dude, you're going to sink or swim? Like, no. What if your company was positioned as, dude, the answer is always yes. Like we got your back. If you could present information like that, I believe that makes you approachable. Yeah. I think there there's another element of um, approachability being like, from the opposite end of the spectrum, like it's my responsibility to seek information out from the people I think who own that information. So one of the things that I love about working with you is you have never been afraid of, I'm going to send Gary V an email. I'm going to find Gary V a knock on his door. I'm going to go to the person who has the knowledge that I know that I need. And I think there's an element of, okay, so say you're in a role that you're completely out of your depth and you don't know what it is that you're trying to achieve and you're having trouble you know, assimilating information, it's also your responsibility to find the person who yes. has that information and ask them honestly, hey, I'm lost, can you help me? This is the way I view it. And sometimes people just don't have that capacity, whether it's, you know, I'm intimidated or, you know, I, I don't want to look like I'm foolish or I don't want to look like I, you know, bit off more than I can chew. I think we also have to, you know, swallow that frog, so to speak, mm-hmm. and be able to ask the questions, you know, with all the best intentions of, I really would like to just know, help me succeed here. Um, I think we've all been in those situations where, you know, professionally or in whatever scenario where we didn't ask the question that could have saved us a lot of grief in the long run. So if someone's intimidated, so what is, if someone's intimidated, then that means there's a lack of approachability. I mean, maybe, okay, like maybe there's like a status thing, yeah. but let's just say they're, they're not like, they're, they're within arm's reach. What, what is one of the things that would make them less approachable and someone like me intimidated to try and ask them for help? Uh, what, what are some of the things? I think, it, uh, I think a lot of it boils down to body language, how you carry yourself. You know, are you closed off in your body language? I think that means a lot. I think I'm an exception because I don't pay attention to those kinds of things. Yeah. I think everybody's approachable to me. <laughs> uh, nobody intimidates me and that's genuine and I'm not intimidated by people. It's Mm -hmm. true. So, but I think body language means everything. And I also think the careless things that you say about people, around people, people pick up on. Fuck. Yes. So, like, if you and I were walking around and talking very flippantly about people that are either our clients or, you know, people that we love and care for or, you know, even peripheral people like acquaintances of ours, if we were flippant about how we describe them, things that annoy us or whatever it might be. And someone who didn't know us at all, they heard that, they're going to make an assumption about who we are as people. Yeah. So, you know, I do think that there's a space to, you know, be open and honest, but you have to be careful about not just the company you keep, but the environment that you're in when you share your thoughts about others. Absolutely. And I think that is also what builds kind of people's assumptions about who you are and how they might be received by you. And we have a responsibility to care about that too. For sure. And uh, I'll end, I'll bring it back with uh, something that could help you be approachable. And I think there's definitely a good tidbits in there already. Yeah. Uh, we tried to keep these short. That's why I'm saying it. No, certainly no cutting off type of situation here. But as far as approachability, this is where I think a lot of people get in trouble. Like, are you really responding and engaging back with the people that are engaging with you? I know plenty of people right now who have tons of traction. I don't know if it's a pod or not. I'm just like, wait a second. Like, you posted a picture of a tweet 
that you post that you tweeted and that shit's got a thousand likes and 300 comments. But all of them say, good job. Keep going. Yeah. I mean, well, maybe some of them are like, you made my day. I needed this. Yeah. That's cool. But But then I look at the replies. Yeah. And it's just like a thumbs up yep. or a high five or whatever. You're not acknowledging them by name. Yep. That doesn't make you approachable to me. That makes me think like you will never take the time to answer a DM. That makes me think that. I could be wrong, but I'm just like, if you don't have time to respond to a comment, then you certainly won't have time to respond to a DM. Then you certainly won't have time for a 10-minute phone call. Then you certainly won't have time to entertain being on my podcast. Listen, all of those are signals. Mm-hmm. All of them are signals. Mm-hmm. And if if you're taking more time to respond to someone thoughtfully, people take notice. Yeah. Likewise, people pay attention to the other side of the coin where it, it's a flippant comment for you know a flippant response. So yeah. you know that's just it's the name of the game. You You get out of things what you put into them. And the last thing I wanted to say was your your professionalism is not diminished because you make yourself approachable. I think that is literally the gateway to getting to where you actually want to be. You know, I would actually take this a step further because I think about this too. I think a lot of people are in the castle of their own building inadvertently. You know, the the element of I'm only around people who are at my level or or whatever and they want to have people accessible or to view them as approachable, but they don't know how to reverse engineer it. Mm-hmm. I think some of the greatest people that I've ever worked with that had that kind of scenario, like people from the C-suite or, you know, upper management and things like that, you know, they would try to reverse engineer it by actually going after hours and walking around the building and seeing who was at their desk yeah. and like having conversations about them. Like, Hey, what's, what's making you run behind? Mm-hmm. And I remember one organization I worked with when I worked in wealth management, the CFO actually took the time to go to every single advisor, to every single person that was there working after hours. And he was like, so is it technology? Is it, you know, is the organization failing you? Like, what can we do from the master or the top level to kind of help you get out of here at five o'clock? And I think those honest conversations that were had after hours completely sincerely, it wasn't like a tactic. He really, really meant it. And he's still one of my closest friends because we started those conversations. It's 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 because he is on the offense and demonstrating, right? Yeah. And I know exactly what that's like. And if I'm there at six o'clock and I should have been gone at five and someone's talking to me, and even though I'm trying to show that I'm motivated and whatever, and I'm willing to do the work, but he or she wants to know why I'm there at five or when hour passed or whatever it may be, In those situations, I always feel like the environment is safe for me to share. Yeah. Like if they're willing to talk to me then, because they're there after hours as well, and it's not just because they're the boss, I always feel like that is a golden opportunity. Now, if you take all that information, do nothing with it, then your approachability obviously takes a hit. But that's a great example. Yeah. I mean, and and I think there's multiple ways that you can look at it. Because I think the most cynical of your employees could look at it like, oh, that's just a tactic, right? But I think at the end of the day, people can sniff out sincerity. And I think the other thing to think about is not just like who's there later, but then also genuinely asking people in a board meeting, like, hey, what have you been up to? How's your family? Like, is the only time that people who are beneath you in terms of like the service level are they only hearing from you when a contract goes sour? <laughs> are they only hearing from you when you know they're getting negative feedback? Those are all indicators of your value and how you view your team and your subordinates or even your peers. Yeah. So I think it's really important to just have a very lateral and vertical view of you know how are you communicating not just what's important to you but also what's important to the team around you. And I think that gets expressed out with how you care for your clients, how you care for your family and your loved ones and things like I that. Agree. So. I completely agree. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Uh, 
I hate to put this reminder out there and I need to do a little bit of a better job of, of not overthinking this, but we really enjoy doing this. We, and, and what I mean is, is not the cameras and, and, and this, it is discussing some of the things that we've endured, some of the things that make us better business people, some of the experiences that have allowed us to have a positive trajectory. And I don't, I don't see it slowing down. We want to share this knowledge with you, and that is why we are on this podcast on on Tuesdays, and maybe it'll be Tuesdays and Thursdays for a little while uh, until you know the traveling dies down a little bit. But we want to help others, and if you want us to be able to help more people, then rating or reviewing what we're talking about, why we're talking about it, who could benefit from it, please do so. It would really, really mean the world to us. So thank you for joining us once again, and we will be back soon. Peace. Peace.